to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the podcast is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have more in-depth conversations about sex and sexuality with me. However, during the current climate, that's not exactly an option. So what I've been doing lately is doing a bunch of remote episodes, and specifically for this one, I wanted to do something light and fun and funny. So I have somebody here that is uh, that has a podcast on my podcast network, The Sonar Network. This is comedian Alessandra Vite. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I would love to say, oh, I'm good. And I'll never yeah. not say I'm good after this is all over again. Because from here on out, I will be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hear you uh we're all we're all struggling I think in our own little unique ways aren't we oh yeah for sure it's weird eh because um my whole thing is like when major tragedies have occurred in the past I I'm so privileged I'm so lucky that like they just haven't affected me directly I felt the like the <laughs> world mourning but this is like the first one of its kind and it's just so overwhelming yeah like everybody I think yeah when stuff like that happens we're all like oh but you know it doesn't happen to me or it doesn't happen here well fucking wake up everybody it's happening to you it's happening everywhere so we're all in this together guys yeah it's uh it's the only hope we have (laughs) really totally yeah. yeah. If we all just fucking do what we're told, then hopefully it will be, it'll figure itself out and be gone soon and with the least amount of heartache and damage and whatnot. And so. then summer will come. <laughs> and, then, and then before we know it, it'll be spring and then summer. It's summer great. will come and, and everything, everything's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Sandra, tell me, um, we're, we're Sonar Network Buddies. Why don't you tell me what your podcast is and just kind of a little bit about that? My podcast is called, Shh, I'm watching a movie. Uh, it's S-double-H <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> we really made quite a complicated title. Um, where it's myself and my friend, also a comedian, Alex Kalenko. We literally watch movies and talk through them. And the conceit is like, usually it's a movie that means something to me that Alex hasn't seen and vice versa. And it all started because I guess now almost, oh God, almost two years ago coming up this summer. So a year and a half ago, oh, yay. Uh, Alex had never seen Titanic. Oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, well, get ready. You got to friggin' watch Titanic. Uh, and then we talked through Titanic. That's the very first episode. It's it's edited. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, is this real time? Yeah. Well, we tried to do a real. We tried to do a, a companion piece, but we just ended up like talked so much shit. So we had to start editing them. We're like, we can't release <laughs> this stuff. 
Anyways, it's really fun. If you like movies, if you like comedians of Toronto, because then we also have guests. Like the first, like I'd say like 10 or 15 were by ourselves and now we have guests. Yeah. Um, and I, me and Alex um, are, we're not like certified experts, but we do know a lot of shit about a lot yeah. of movies. <laughs> And Alex is so funny. I actually uh, almost, almost had him on my, uh, when, uh, you know, when Sonar was doing the live shows at Bedpost, like the live podcast recordings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost had him on a guest on mine, but then he was double booked on uh, actually my husband's show, the world's biggest improv tournament. So he had to be there, but uh, he was so excited to do it. And then he was like, oh, shit, no, I have to do this. Alex would be great for for this show. I feel like he's very emotionally in tune and open and and yeah. uh, it's refreshing. He's why he's my friend, I think. Aww, yeah, he yeah. comes across as like kind of like <laughs> a pessimistic dude. And I think like he can come across one way. And when we first started hanging out a lot, everyone was always like, I don't see it. But yeah. uh, he's got a he's got a he's got a good heart. Oh, that's such a sweet thing to say about your friend. Yeah, he really cares, but like, don't he? He'll be mad that I said this because he has a he has a <laughs> reputation to uphold. And okay, for your podcast, have you ever done like a sexy movie, like an erotic movie? Yeah, what, we, what's the sexiest movie you've you two have watched Shades together? Of Grey. <laughs> so I wouldn't call it sexy, like at all. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not a sexy movie. Um, but like, it was pantomiming sex, I would say. Yeah. And halfway through, we realized that we were both a little bit uncomfortable because we were like, oh, like, we're just watching bad softcore porn together. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Was that one that you had seen before and were showing him or vice versa? So definitely me. (laughs) So what was the first time you saw that movie? What were the circumstances? Okay, so the first time I saw that movie... It was, I had a boyfriend at the time. Okay. And so my whole thing with Fifty Shades of Grey is I never read the book. Mm -hmm. And I like was just didn't care to read the book. But I was dying to know why it was so sexy. Like I needed to know why everyone was losing their minds. But not enough to actually go and purchase the book and read it. Oh, So when I saw that the movie was coming out, I was like, well, fuck, this is perfect. So I made my boyfriend come. We watched it on IMAX because that was the only thing. And then he said... um, He's like, oh, yeah, I'll watch that if you let me, like, do stuff to you afterwards. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, yeah, this is like a win-win. So I thought it was so funny in the same way that, like, I find the Twilight movies so hilarious. Like, I, I, I and it's so bad, but it, it just brings me such joy even though like you can tell the actors are not having a good time there absolutely was nothing sexy about that movie yeah very little really yeah totally oh my god nothing was sexy about it and like and also i was like i'm sorry the thing that everyone's losing their mind for is like a little bit of like slaps it's it's yeah it's funny i actually um i saw it like way back when it came out uh because that was the thing you know if you're kind of a sex educator and uh, stuff like that you were doing like talks on it you were people were formulating workshops around it basically like trying to tell people why it how it's a really bad representation of kink and a really unhealthy like I re- relationship I remember dynamic. all the Dan I remember all the Dan Savage um, exactly talks about it as it was coming out yeah so I was kind of doing that when it first happened and then recently like maybe a month ago at this point 
I was on this podcast called 50 Weeks of Grey. And <laughs> yeah. for some reason, they now, like five plus years later, whenever it came out, they've decided to do a Fifty Shades podcast where the one dude watches it once a week for 50 weeks. Which you know is... what? I could do that, I think. <laughs> Rory? Oh, man, I couldn't. It's so bad. The first one, though, I got to tell you. So I saw all of them. They kept releasing them on Valentine's Day, right? So the next two years, I was single on Valentine's Day after that. And I would go with my friends. And the first one is The Godfather compared to the next two. <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually have never seen the other two. So they're, they're worse? Horrible. Because the first oh one, God. you know, listen, it's bad. But it, it had like... Um, thought it had cinematography the costumes were nice like how they dressed you could tell like they thought about it makeup and hair was well done there was an aesthetic the next two they like cranked them out at the same time they filmed them both in like vancouver they basically did the same thing that they did with twilight and um you could tell oh also el james's husband wrote the next two because she had like complete control over it for whatever reason to the detriment of her own art basically and they were horrific and they just get worse and worse and they kind of like follow some weird action plot that's super boring and like the sex is so fucking boring. <laughs> Actually, in the third one, the only sexy thing that he does to her is he like punishes her for doing something that like he didn't want her to do. Mm-hmm. And he like put this like almost like handcuffs, but like around her feet with like a bar in between to separate her. Yeah, spread her bar. What's it called? A spreader bar. A splatter. I heard splatter. <laughs> splatter bar. A spreader bar. And the yeah. entire time I kept being like, no, I need my feet to orgasm. Like, I was so upset. <laughs> and he was like, not allowing her to like clench her legs. It really bothered me. It's <laughs> very funny. I was upset. I was upset for her. Should I go and see the other two just to, like, you know, bash them You don't gotta go anywhere. I'm pretty sure they're all on Crave and or Amazon Prime right now. (laughs) Yeah, oh god, I don't know if I want to subject myself to it. Having to watch it again recently, like, the first one was bad enough. I was like, oh yeah, this movie is just, oh, there's so many terrible things to pick apart. It's just, like... Uh, so problematic it's so problematic and the guy that's christian gray isn't even like his quality hotness and it's really disappointing to me (laughs) you don't think he's good looking i think he's so hot in this in this um tv show the fall and like um just as like a model he was like kira knightley's model boyfriend when i was like in high school i remember oh that's funny um but like they do something the way they like they make him really bare face like they shave him pretty close and like right. his haircut i don't know he just looks like a dweeby version of what he could be yeah yeah i i don't know anything about like modern celebrities so when i saw him i had like you know i've never seen the dude before i don't know but same thing with me when it, you first saw his face like in the movie i was like this is the gray character like it was there are, well you want to hear so when we watched it on our podcast we were trying to figure out like who could play it like who would be good at this because the script yeah. is so bad but like jamie dornan is specifically terrible at it yes like, he's he, like dakota johnson is doing so much work to be charming and fun and all that <laughs> stuff and he's giving her nothing and then <laughs> Kalenko yeah. was like ryan gosling and then we looked <gasps> up 
And when E.L. James wrote the book, she was thinking of Ryan Gosling. So Kalenko should be a casting director. That makes so, yeah, well done. Way to pick him. Like, yeah, for me, he just seemed like an alien in it. Like, Yeah, he was, and, and that's the thing is like, he didn't even know how to like take off his shirt properly. <laughs> I know. He he looks like a weird robot robot alien that doesn't know. It's so yeah, it's it's a very interesting performance. It's terrible. <laughs> it's be- apparently like here's the hot goss from like fucking TMZ is that okay. they they hated each other. Oh god, that makes it that much more problematic. It makes it so much worse. To be honest, they should have just done chemistry read after chemistry read with dakota johnson because she's your girl she's she's working i was so disappointed and yeah that would have been my that would have been my choice for such a terrible movie that i really have no stakes in other than the fact that for whatever reason i've seen it about five times now (laughs) yeah i know i've seen it way too many times as well um luckily i have i have yet to see the other two though but um yeah it was interesting i did a um around the same time I uh, did this event where I'm going to do it more times, hopefully, like after COVID has calmed down and all this stuff. Uh, with the Fox Theater, what we're doing is like picking a sexy movie, like an older sexy movie, like say like, you know, between 20 and 30 years old and screening it and then having a panel uh, with sex educators to like talk about it. So we screen this movie nine and a half weeks. Have you heard of it or seen Kim it? Kim Basinger and Mickey Rorick, right? You got it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I've never seen it, but that was like a really seminal, like sexual movie. Exactly. Yes. So, but it's interesting watching that movie and then watching Fifty Shades again recently, like or around the same time. Um, they're very similar and they're very problematic in a lot of the same ways. Um, it's just really weird to see these parallels of basically this like completely misogynistic movie, this, um, you know, people, the writers that have not consulted any actual kinksters or, or like, <laughs> that's a thing, like, especially with Fifty Shades of Grey, like what a missed opportunity to like teach the, yeah. the world about S&M and like a mainstream, like obviously mainstream movies are never going to like do stuff properly because that's just like the way of the world and it's also that thing of like it doesn't read on film or like general audiences won't understand it it won't you have to appeal to the masses right and the masses are not kinksters so we have to present this like weird romanticized version of him of it for it to sell like for them to buy it you know yeah and he like almost always just ends up having like regular sex with her like he slaps her for a little bit and then I he know. just like fully has sex with her and I was like I don't like I'm not I'm not I don't have those kinks so it's like I don't 100% know but I do know that it most of the time doesn't end in sex yeah it it for sure doesn't have to at all. And yeah, for me, like for this being like the kink movie, I'm like, there's very little kink in it. There really is very little kink in it. Like, it also like just sucks that like the care, like I hate that, like we need to see it more through Dakota Johnson's eyes of her being so into the kink itself of her realizing this whole time like it fucking sucks that she's like this virginal person who's never had any experience with sex yeah because then it's like oh bummer because it's the only sex she's ever been introduced to so how does she even know that she likes it like nobody knows what they like in sex for at least like five years minimum i feel 
Exactly. And that's why even her going through this contracting and agreeing to it, she has no like knowledgeable consent about what she's agreeing to. So that's the whole thing. It's like she, someone like that can never agree to all of these things that this like Dom is proposing. It's like, I could break that down like big time, but uh, she has no informed consent about any of it. So how could she how can it be a consensual dynamic or relationship or consensual sex or consensual kink play? It can't. Totally, totally. And it, 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 yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. And it's, and I just want to know why the book, I, I guess I'll have to read the book to know if it's really sexy, but. I don't know. Yeah. I, I also have not read the books, but I've heard just like the writing is actually just so horrible. <laughs> like they, they actually just are not a good writer either. So not, not only is the content problematic, but it's not even like written well at all. <laughs> That's the thing, right? So it's like a whole, like, it's, it's, so it's, it's just fan fiction of a badly written, like, because I read the first Twilight and holy moly, like, is it readable? Sure. Like the way like the Da Vinci Code is readable, but it's like really badly written. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Da Vinci Code. That's a good, um, oh, good thing to compare it to. <laughs> it's, it's a true feat. I will say to be a bad writer, but still be readable is uh, he... such a talent. Yeah. No, it's funny. We actually just cleared out our bookshelf and I finally got rid of the Da Vinci Code. Like, <laughs> you like should a keep week that forever. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, the big no. book that showed all the art that it discussed as well. Like a big color hardcover copy of the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> oh my God. You had like the companion guide or whatever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you could, you sh- I wonder if they still do. Like there was a time where you could go to Europe and just do a tour like of the yeah the Vinci Code tour take you all around oh my god that was another disappointing movie oh boy <laughs> <laughs> have you done Da Vinci Code oh my god that'd be funny well the thing is it has to be a movie that like I've seen enough that I could really talk about and like yes, I've right. only seen the Da Vinci Code one time <laughs> so okay tell me do you have a couple movies like you know on 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 your short list of ones coming up like what what ones yeah, are so you thinking about the, doing? unfortunately Alex and I had a really busy uh I'd say almost six weeks so we weren't recording unfortunately and it's like now that we're can't record we only have one movie coming up right now and it's the first wives club <laughs> amazing that's a cult classic yeah yeah that's like so when I was a kid the reason why we did the first wives club is because uh me my sister and our shared best friend Natalie we (laughs) hung out every day together uh in the summer like she wouldn't even call she would just come over at like 10 in the morning and we would choreograph dances together and we watched the first wives club and I think it's what introduced us to feminism to be honest that's great and we did the dance at the end we choreographed our own version of you don't own me of course. We watched yeah. that movie maybe a million times. <laughs> oh my god. What are some of your favorite movies that you've watched for your podcast with Alex? Oh, let me uh, let me pull this up on the old Sonar Network uh, thing so I can remember. What's that website again? Uh, the Sonar Network? I don't know. Google Sonar. <laughs> Google the Sonar Network. That's what I think it it's is. the com. Yeah. Is it? The sonarnetwork.com. I'll tell you here. Look, I'm going to, sh- I'm watching a movie, which is my podcast. And you're currently yes. listening to the Bed Post podcast. S double H dot dot dot. How many dots? Three dots. It's a true ellipsis. We're not <laughs> fucking around. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay, let's see. 
Um, well, we've done love actually, so that's that's a nice, near nice. and dear. Even though I understand that it's problematic, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Uh, let's see. I mean, we did a lot of Nancy Myers. Like we did, it's complicated. <laughs> And right nice. now, I have been going off on Nancy Myers' uh, filmography. Once again, this is someone that I, like, understand. Like, okay. these movies aren't good. Yeah. But they bring me so much joy. And the aesthetic of a Nancy Myers movie can't be beat. It can't be beat. <laughs> I love that. No, it's true. It's like a guilty pleasure watch. Um, and it can be appreciated like for what it is, you know, like, I don't think it's trying to be this like groundbreaking, you know, uh, like film that really says something. It's not trying to do that. So no, because it's, it's it's a very specific, extremely rich white woman's point of view. Yeah. Like (laughs) all of her movies, they all have the same socioeconomic situation going on and it's just (laughs) California money or New York wealth. And if I were to decide, like, what my favorite genre of movie is, it's mm-hmm. rich New York. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I love, I love it. Um, oh, also, but for, for episodes to listen to, yep. I, I really love our Mamma Mia episodes. We did one and two with Callum Ratton, who's another oh my God. Um, Toronto Australian comedian. And they're very funny because we brought Callum on because Australians friggin' love ABBA. You're right. Yeah, I right. didn't know. Do. Yeah, that's so funny. Did Callum had Callum seen them before, or he had did he seen love the first ABBA one? Or... He'd seen the first one. He hadn't seen the second one. Alex had not seen them. I've seen the first. Like for me, Mamma Mia. Once again, like this is a really bad um, description of like my actual taste level. <laughs> okay. Because, but damn it, like it's so campy and fun in a way yeah. that like. You know, we all complain about cats or whatever. Cats really missed the boat on yes. like the camp factor. And and our we did a we did an episode on cats too. It was me, Alex, and Alice Moran. And our our conclusion was that cats um, too heterosexual. It should have been way more gay. It would have been way, way more fun. Yeah, it needs that kitschy value. You're right. That camp. That it needs camp. camp. And Mama Mia gets that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's what totally. Marshall Lorenzo, I'm doing a lot of comedian name drops in this episode. I love it. No, because I, I interview a lot of comedians as well. So like, like for instance, Callum, I had on the podcast one time, it was Callum and Jess Bryson and myself and Matt, like my husband, Matt McCready. So it was like the four of us talking oh my God, about- I listened to that one. <laughs> you did listen to it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Jess, uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, Aaron, do you not know that I love the Bedpost podcast? <laughs> Aww, you that's know? sweet. Are you Thank aware? You. I, yeah, I love this podcast. I um, because when when I did it, I guess this would have been like four years ago now or three so years ago. So long ago, yeah. Oh my god, I was such a little baby when I did it. I almost want to listen to it again, but also not at all. Um, <laughs> but also, people don't go back. I'm not even going to tell you the episode number because. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to know. I actually don't want to know. I know exactly who I was dating when I did that podcast, and it was a real toxic relationship. So I'm sure I talked oh, no. a lot about it. Um, <laughs> oh dear yeah that was a great episode it was like a couple it was like a double date yeah exactly yeah and I we wanted to do that it's too bad obviously now that we can't have people like in studio because we were wanting to 
put together another one like that. Like, I mean, do it with Jess and Callum again, the way that we're doing this. I'm sure they have totally. better technolo- technology, I don't even know yeah. how to say the word, aptitude <laughs> Techn- than I am. <laughs> Just an FYI to the listeners, uh, <laughs> took, this took us about half an hour to figure out. And it's still probably not good. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be good. <laughs> it's not going to be, this is going to be unlistenable. Completely <laughs> <laughs> unlistenable. No one's going to like this. You know what? Actually, I just got an email from a listener who commented how bad the audio was on one of the episodes. And I was just like, come on, man. Like, clearly I'm not a fucking sound engineer. Um, it's, uh, please. Uh, we Once again, I'll talk about Dan Savage. We listen to his episodes where people call in from a telephone. Yes, like podcasts generally, like unless you're listening to listening to like the CBC podcasts or whatever, like, come on, we're all in our bedrooms just trying to make it work, you know? <laughs> Listen, we're all doing our best in, in the worst scenarios. And if your issue is that your podcast doesn't have perfect sound quality, you need a long, hard look of what's going on in the world right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they emailed me, like, yesterday. I was like, dude, you don't have anything, like, <laughs> better to be thinking about, to be worrying about? No, I'm kidding. I, th- I think he was he was trying to be helpful, I think. Um, but, you know, <laughs> also. Whatever, buddy. Listen, I have no, um, I, I don't uh, take care of the audio end of our podcast. Alec Kalenko does the whole thing, so yeah. I have I just like walk in and I don't like one week he's like yeah it takes me about four hours to edit it down and I was like four hours yeah it I've gotten to the point where it takes me like two per episode two hours per episode to edit but there's a whole new world with uh, what's happening right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah now I have all the fucking time in the world I don't care sure it'd be better if it took me four hours and eat up more I know that's why it's disappointing that we didn't bank a bunch of episodes yeah yeah but. You know what? Fuck You could do capitalism. it remotely, though, couldn't you? You could, you know, sync up your your TVs and. I think so. I think Alex. I think we could do a Skype thing, and Alex could legit just record the Skype, and we could watch the the show at the same time. Yeah, you can make it work. If I think so. I'll I'll give him a. I'll send him a little message. <laughs> I know it's also just hard in general to be like, try to be productive right now is like. Blit. Yeah, you know what? I took a class yesterday though, because I'm I'm teaching and I'm also taking an online class. And nice. at, at first, I thought that that was literally going to be impossible, but it made me feel a lot better. Good for you. What kind of class was it? I'm taking a directing course. Oh my god, amazing! Yeah, and so you're teaching was... a comedy class, I'm assuming. And then I teach an improv class on Thursdays. I haven't done it yet. I'm doing it this Thursday for the first time, and we will see if it makes any sense. Do I think it will? No, I don't think it's going to make any sense. <laughs> especially improv it's like that's gonna be kind of difficult don't even and then like some teachers have already taught their classes and then they'll write on like the faculty page being like guys it was fun don't worry about it and every time someone writes that i always just want to write like you fucking narc (laughs) (laughs) how dare you tell them (laughs) that this is a good time say that it's doable don't sit there and tell me that it was fun yeah you know it wasn't um (laughs) I was asked recently to do, um, this hasn't happened for me either, but somebody wants to do a burlesque, um, like a remote, what's it called? A a virtual burlesque show. Okay. 
Like a and Google I, Hangout burlesque? I guess. I don't know how. Or Zoom or whatever. I don't know. Zoom, I, haven't done, yeah. I haven't done a Zoom yet. but I'm doing um, that on Wednesday for a meeting. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. If, if it goes as well as trying to set up this podcast, Please. then. <laughs> Skype couldn't find either of us for whatever reason. <laughs> I also couldn't find you. I don't know what happened. But yeah, I'm like trying to think of like, oh God, how is this going to work? Like for this burlesque thing? Because you depend so much on like you know, hoots and hollers from the audience and energy with the audience. It's energy, like... yeah. Oh, my God. We tried to do a drinking game. Uh, like, a group of us did Google Hangout, and we tried to do a drinking game, and it was so splotchy and laggy because the more people you have on, the harder it is. And <laughs> th- it was a useless drinking game because, like, you couldn't do what anything was... in the time. Like, you were playing King's Cup. It was it was a good time, but it, it also was very useless, uh, very frustrating. <laughs> Hey, anything to pass the time, right? You know what? Yeah, I do my little at-home <laughs> yoga. I'll go for my walk. And then the rest nice. of the time is just hoping for the best. I know, just fucking waiting it out, right? Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. So, okay, so what I want to ask you, Alessandra, for the second part of this, um, how, what are you doing, like, as far as sex stuff goes right now during the quarantine? Are you, like, are you, I don't know, are you dating anyone? Are you no, te- I'm, se- I'm sexting anyone? I'm single, uh, unfortunately, because I actually would like a partner. It would be nice to have a partner right now. Yeah. But also that partner would not be getting any sex from me because I'm a I would characterize myself as like a horny person, but Okay. Right now not at all. No, not in the mood. Just trying to keep all my emotions and like feelings level. Yes. Yeah, I hear that. Like because yeah, if you get you it's almost like if you allow yourself to get vulnerable right now, you'll just completely break down like and just not be able to go on like not be able to function am I right well because like even yesterday I'd say I had like a really nice day but then I woke up in the middle of the night with a panic attack and I was like you know what it's because I got too excited at a certain point I was like talking with friends and like I felt adrenaline in my stomach as I was falling asleep Hmm. and I was like 
uh, I wonder what that means. And what it means is that like a panic attack was brewing. Oh dear. So, but oh, I'm sorry I mean, to hear that. yeah, it's okay. I have, a, I have a bit of an anxiety disorder that I've managed without medication thus far because wow. I do like yoga and all that kind of stuff and therapy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But this is a little bit unprecedented. No kidding. Oof. So, yeah. But anyways, with sex, yeah, uh, no, no partner. I was like tindering someone last week. He had oh, like yeah? messaged me because, um, he uh, had written a commercial that I was in. Oh, okay. And so actually he was really funny and really charming, but I, <laughs> I just ceased the, uh, the need to write him back all the time. Right. Because I just don't even know how to like, and he kept like trying to be like, oh, it's really hard to flirt. And I was like, oh, have you been trying? I am not trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm barely functioning. This is not. <laughs> I have a theory as to what's going on right now, because then I also have friends that are super horny. And my thought is that like, this is my very scientific thought. Um, yeah, I get ready. Uh, that biologically half the population is like, it's dangerous out there. Let's not procreate. And then half the population is like, it's dangerous out there. We got to procreate. So there's like an animal instinct in you that either saying like, yeah. make the species strong or like protect what we already have. Interesting. I, I like those theories because I, I, I'm finding at the, um, like with my friends and other people I talk to as well, people, the same thing, people are either on one end of one end of the spectrum, like the most horny they ever, like all day long, all the time, <laughs> or zero sex drive. Yeah, zero sex drive. It seems to be that my friends and I are pretty much zero right now. Yeah, I mean, and like, I've been, I haven't left my building in, I guess, nine days at this point. Oh, you haven't gone for walks and stuff? <sighs> no, I don't know why I haven't. I think it's me coming up against like, uh, just trying to do like the wellness stuff that I should be doing, like... I know I should be going for walks and that would be really nice for me, but I'm just kind of, maybe I'm kind of stubborn and feeling depressed about all this and feeling effect, affected by all this. I, I'm no longer going to grocery stores. Like I, I'm delivering everything. Yeah. yeah. I only go for walks. Uh, and like they're saying that you're allowed to go to grocery stores. Yeah. Like I think, yeah, I read something that, I read a really good tweet, actually, that was like, you know, saying the term social distancing, like, is, isn't helpful, because nobody knows what that means. What needs to be said is stay in your house, go to the grocery store once a week. Like, that's what we need to hear. We don't, we've never heard the term social distancing before. No, and like, I was going to, I was like, hanging out with friends but, like, we still were social distancing, but we were still, like, hanging out I know. Uh, up until Tuesday of last week. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what – because we don't know. We're like, okay, well, we just won't, like, be hugging and, you know, right in each other's faces. That's social distancing, right? And then what it should have been saying was – do not hang out with your friends. You know, having a friend over is not social distancing. Like, yeah, and then they literally, like, told us that on Wednesday, and it gave yeah. me such a fucking panic attack of, like, what have I done? Because I've been going to my sister's yeah. for dinner. 
because it's like my sister. Exactly. Yeah. But that doesn't, I don't think that the, the virus understands familial relations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it, it protects our, our blood relatives. Yeah. The virus not. is like, oh man, I was going to pass it between you two, but I see that your sister's never <laughs> mine. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of, I feel kind of lucky that, um, like I always kind of, I'm sad that my parents aren't closer to me, but during this time I was like, Oh, thank God they don't live like down the street. Cause I would have been seeing them all the time and I could have passed them something for sure. And like my parents, they did that thing where they went to, they went to Cuba literally, I'm not kidding, maybe like four days before wow. all hell broke loose. Wow. So that we were kind of like, okay, well it's, we're not going to say anything when they call. I mean, obviously they have news there, but we were like, it's for the best. Cause there was no cases in Cuba. Um, but they also like traveled through an airport, but right. so they're, they're still quarantined. They'll be quarantined until this Saturday. But then even after then, like, I don't know, I'm still not going to visit them. Yeah, you probably, yeah, you probably shouldn't. Right. And anyone that's kind of older than, you know, I don't know what they specifically say, older than 60, older than 55 are con- considered high risk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, and both of them are 70. My dad's 75. My mom's 70. They both want me to quarantine myself, which technically I've been doing, but I have been going for walks so I can go live with them. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think I can. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> like mental health wise? <laughs> well, no, I'll lose my mind. They literally will call me to say, you come live with me in two weeks and then they will have a fight as I'm on the phone. And I'll be like, I, I, I don't. you know it would be nice I wish you know like uh, I I wish because I want to help and stuff like that but also I don't know if like I don't know I don't know how to be I don't know how to I don't know I know it's hard it's hard to know what the best thing to do is right yeah I mean like this is probably a real bummer of a podcast to listen (laughs) Uh, well whatever I don't know like I, I feel like people will probably relate like like I think why I haven't been doing like somebody asked me recently like why are you can you just tell me like why are you quarantining and not like just social distancing and I'm like I it's because I'm just trying not to fuck this up like so I'm gonna do the most extreme thing I'm not gonna leave my building yeah and if you can like that's what I've yeah because I don't know what to do I I don't know like it's the only thing I feel that I can do it also like my anxiety has gotten to a point where um if I'm not like quarantining the way that I am right now if I go to the grocery store I will have a panic attack when I get I home know. I, I will know. feel sick like I have yeah. um this has happened to me twice already where like on Wednesday night I thought for sure I had a, a fever I had chills but it was pure mm. anxiety I was taking my temperature and then the next day my throat felt scratchy once again it wasn't yeah yeah, I, I don't specifically deal with, like, diagnosed anxiety, but um, even just, like, I went to get the mail. I was like, I'm going to get the mail. And that's, like, just down the elevator. It's in my building. And I was putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And, like, I felt it just was so fucking stressful. Like, and I'm like, oh, God, this is not good that it's it's at this point, like, that I feel stressed to just go downstairs. But I do. That's the whole thing, right? Like, it's not, it's just 
not worth it. And, and like right now I'm okay being inside. Like, I mean, I do go for a walk, so I guess I am social distancing as opposed to, um, quarantining, but it's like, I don't touch anything and I just wear my gloves and just walk. In a circle, essentially. <laughs> yeah, just take a walk around the block. Or I was something. gonna go for a run, and then so last week I was like, okay, well I'm gonna go for a run every day then because I can, and it'll make me feel better. And then I literally did the Casaloma steps 15 times in half an hour because I guess I had a lot of nervous energy, and I yeah. fucked up my calves. So for the past week I've had to be real <laughs> chill. <laughs> oh no! I fucked up my calves hard. This is the first day in a week where they don't, where I don't feel them. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. Listen, it, I don't, I'm not doing things right. I'm just doing them as I can. <laughs> I know. And I think that's all you can do, right? Like, I feel like, yeah, I've had people be like, you should go for a walk or you should do, you know, do some stretches or, you know, watch a YouTube video, like an exercise cardio YouTube video and, you know, do that. Try to do that. Oh, you should call this person. You should do this, do that. And I'm like, listen. <laughs> It's like, so like my whole thing is like before this happened, I had a daily yoga practice for my anxiety. So I do do yoga every day. But like if I didn't already have that in place, like. Yeah, I just don't have like the capacity to like, like what I'm doing is like what I need to be doing. Trust me. You know what I mean? That's that's where I'm at. Like I'm operating at capacity right now. That's what you need to understand. And when and if I feel like I can, I want to exercise and I feel like that would be, you know, something I can do, I'll do it. Like, you know, I think we all got to just have boundaries surrounding that through this, you know? It's the only way. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Everyone has to be how they need to be. I don't, yeah, it's like, and like you quarantining like wouldn't work for me like I have I I feel the need that I have to go for walks but no and uh I I mean I should go for walks I know I should and I know it probably would feel pretty nice and be good and all that stuff but like this is like the definition of like anxiety though in the sense that like you know that breathing would make you feel better but when you're in an anxious state the thought of breathing makes me sick yeah And so it's like we're kind of already in this state. So give yourself the time to rest and relax and do what you need to do. And then maybe you'll come down a level and then you'll be able to move or do whatever it is that you think you have to do. Yeah, I think it's still, even though, you know, we're like a week in or whatever, some people have been inside a week or social distancing about a week at this point. But I feel like we're still, it's still very we're in this like transitionary period still of figuring out how to do this. Well, the fact that they closed all the takeout, uh, like coffee stuff or whatever is. Like, yeah. Pretty yeah, yeah. Okay. So today, yeah. When we recorded this, basically this, the province is on shutdown for all non-essential businesses are closed. So yeah, like coffee shops were still open. You could still go to a restaurant and get takeout. So no longer. As oh, of so today. restaurant takeout is done now too. I'm not sure, actually. I'm not going to say anything because I'm not sure exactly what uh, a non-essential service is. But um, to me, I'm thinking that it's like the grocery store is open, pharmacies are open. uh, That's about it. uh, Hospitals are open. I don't know. I don't know what else. That's it. 
That's I it? And maybe that's it. Yeah, I'm going to, when we get off the phone, I'll look at it more. But, um... I mean... We just have to accept the situation. Yeah, and then, you know, when we're... I think, you know, when this goes on a little further, we'll... You know, then we'll be able to, once we are, our brains and our bodies kind of understand what is happening, then we'll be able to move forward and be productive, maybe, you know, do some working out, maybe do some things like some nice self-care wellness type things. Like, Well, like I haven't washed my hair in like a week, so I think I that's my version of self-care. Yeah, me too. I, I just, yeah, my hair is the dirtiest and I'm just like. Well, why would I wash it? I don't know. I think it's I good to not wash it. I thought that was like a thing, wasn't it? I, I don't know. I just keep putting oils in it and hoping that when it, when this is all over, I'll have long, luxurious hair. But <laughs> that might not be. You are right. You are for some hair types. Um, if you have dry hair, I'm sure I do that have is dry the hair. way to go. My hair is the oiliest. Like, it's it's that's my hair type is just is greasy oh, you probably have long luxurious hair though well actually are you short haired right now um it's kind of getting long like I have the back and side shaved and then but the long part is like pretty long it's like down to my past my boobs I guess at this point I was um uh thinking about how are men's haircuts gonna grow out because like <laughs> if you always keep your hair super short yeah we're going to see some funny self haircuts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I say just leave it, but that might just be uncomfortable. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to cut Matt's hair at one point. I'm going to cut Matt's hair. So that'll be so we'll funny. see how that works. <laughs> I gave Matt a really bad haircut once, like, <laughs> like seven years ago. He, <laughs> I gave him a really bad haircut. <laughs> And that he never forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see if he has like if he has memories. But like I was doing like the back and sides nice and short. He wanted them really short. And then I was like, You want like a bit of length on the top though, right? And he said no. So I was like, Okay. So I made it short on the top too. And then he looked at it and he was like, No. He was so upset. And I was like, I asked you if you wanted it a bit longer on the top. You said no. <laughs> so what I'm getting at is it was his fault. The bad haircut was his Yeah, fault. it's that he can't communicate properly. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> oh my god, you know what I did yesterday or maybe two days ago now? I don't know what time is. What? Um <laughs> I washed my hand my my hands. <laughs> I washed my hands. <laughs> I washed my clothes by hand. And let me tell you, some of them came out good. Some of them I have to do them again. <laughs> now, why did you do that? Well, I just needed underwear. So that was the first journey. And then I was like, I got nothing else to do. Let's just fucking wash these clothes. And, and you know what? You have mm-hmm. to be good at it in order to do it. You can't just start washing clothing. There's a process to it, I'm sure. Yeah, you just can't. You just can't. Were you in the bathtub doing it? Yeah, I did the bathtub. So yep. three of my white things have these weird brown splotches on them, and I don't know. <laughs> so I, like, I dirtied them. <laughs> You're washing it. So today I'm going to take those white stuff and just put it in a tin bowl and put bleach and let them sit there for, I don't know, eight years. <laughs> What could what could those brown spots be? Aaron? I have no fucking idea. Maybe there was rust in the tub that I didn't see? Yeah, maybe. 
I have no idea. It happened on two socks, one tank top, and one white shirt. And they're fucking weird. And I was like, is it mold? Like, what did I do? What did I do? I made things worse. Yeah. So now my my plan is, um, Jesus Christ, my plan is to just wear, when I work out, the same outfit always when I work out until it just okay. gets threadbare. Okay. And then yeah. shower my body every day. And then, and then I just, I, I'll only wash my underwear and that's it because clearly I'm not good at, uh, like I would have died in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have poisoned my family and I would have... <laughs> Giving them all like yeast infections for not washing things properly. <laughs> the other thing I'm thinking of, I'm like, you wear, you're wearing underwear through all this? Sometimes, yeah. I'm not. God. Like, I'll wear underwear when I work out so that my pants don't get so disgusting. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But I'm like, pajama bottoms, no underwear this whole time. Yes, every night, absolutely no underwear. <laughs> <laughs> okay good just checking in on you absolutely uh, i know <laughs> i know like but you know what i've realized that a washing machine i'm sorry in this day and age is a necessity you ha- as a as an apartment as a land what's it called landlord as a yeah. landlord you fucking have to you just you just you have to provide it so are you so you're are you apartment building or Part of a no, house. I'm like a house. I live on the second. They've made like a house into apartments, so I live on the second floor of a house. Right, and there is no uh, washer dryer in no the house washer anywhere dryer in the, the house. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff this place doesn't have. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so you're week. going. You had to go to a laundromat. I or my parents because I'm a good Italian girl. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bring in your bag of dirty clothes. <laughs> so maybe that is a reason you need to go see your parents. <laughs> maybe you do need to. My opinion on this has changed. I'm not joking. Okay, so if after two weeks, let's say, so both me and my sister, because it seems like she's really, like, not going anywhere as well, except she does have to walk because she has two dogs. Uh, If she's doing okay and I'm doing okay, I may move in with her just to use her laundry machine. (laughs) (laughs) And for love and support and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all those other things too. Company, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because do you have, do you have a roommate or anything I do, like that? yeah, I have a roommate, of which we weren't, we weren't really that close at first, but now we're pretty close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're literally all you have. What is that like, having a roommate through all of this? It's good. I'm happy to, uh, to have someone here, yeah. I mean, like, she wanted to go with her to her boyfriend, so if she goes to her boyfriend's, like, I'm not gonna, like, stand there and be like, no, don't go. Um... But I, I'm a very social person and it's just so, yeah, I'm an incredibly social person. I literally like when I used to be in the Skechersons, when it ended, people were like, do you miss it? And I was like, oh boy, do I miss being around a large group of people? Like I had to be around a large group of people at least twice a week. Yeah. And like, I, I missed that the most. See, I'm not super social. I'm still struggling with being basically totally isolated. But yeah, I I thought, I think I thought because I am kind of introverted and I'm not super duper social, I thought this would be really easy. And girl, it's not, it's still not. But I do feel for people like Matt as well, like my husband Matt is a very social person too. And he loves going out and being in 
big groups and doing shows and talking to a lot of people, you know, via whatever, like pretty constantly. So yeah, I feel for you sound like you're kind of the same. Yeah, it's like I, I remember like I, I love parties. I love going to yeah. like I, I, I definitely like I, I just like being around people. That's why I like living in the city too because like even being alone in my room and knowing that like there's people outside makes me feel safe. So it's okay. I mean, I also love seeing as many people as I like I live my life kind of outside of the house. Right. I'm not really a nester, so it's interesting. I think definitely after this is all over, I'll definitely, like, understand how to, like, me time and, like, be alone and stuff like that, but... Yeah, this definitely, this is all kind of teaching us how to how to deal with being alone. Like, if that's something that's hard for you, you're going to learn uh, by the end of this how to oh, do yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I know it, because, like, yeah. I do enjoy myself (laughs) and I like my own company but um it's like I'm learning how to self-soothe yes exactly that I can't just like be like I'm in a weird mood I'm gonna go watch a show or I'm gonna go do a show it's like it's kind of yeah it's kind of important that I learn how to like be okay completely without any stuff because this is the world that we are living in and it's the reality and we have to be um Got to keep surviving. Yeah, we got to accept. We got to accept, accept, accept. So are you like talking to, keeping in touch with friends and stuff, like via, you know, texting and stuff? Me and my friend Adele and Patrick, we had a beautiful uh, messenger brunch. And that was really fun. Actually, I think we're going to do that more often. That was actually great. Eating a meal with someone, it was really special. That's nice. Yeah, I usually like talk to my mom just like on the phone, but I was like, let's do Skype. Like, let's video each other just while we're both making dinner. And it really is helpful. It's it's really. Yeah, it's uh, I, I talk to my mom in the morning, but yeah, I might start doing it mealtime. I feel like that's that's the yeah. time that I want to talk. It's more natural for me. Yeah, to be sitting with somebody who's eating and talking to them over a meal. That's like I think we're all kind of nostalgic for that, for doing things with people. Right. You like know, when the, when will I have sex again is what I'm actually thinking. Like I I'm not know. horny, but I know that I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like probably you. in three months, four months. Yeah. Is that a long time for you? Oh my god, yeah. So I feel like I lost my virginity late, like for myself, like because I lost my virginity when I was like twenty one, like turning twenty two, like that month. I basically was twenty two. I right. went through all of high school and all of college. And I started to feel like a real uh, big old virgin, I guess would be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And was really like, but on top of being like not sleeping with people, I was still like the horniness I feel now didn't come from having sex. Like it was something that's always been inside of me. (laughs) So um, uh, the minute I had sex, I never stopped. (laughs) Like I was like, (laughs) that's it. I, and I, now I'm starting to realize that maybe that was a bit of an overreaction to a situation because it's like, <laughs> I'm right. a, so then when I started um, experiencing symptoms of like my anxiety disorder about two years ago, I had a pretty major panic attack, but leading yeah. up to the panic attack, I, my sex drive went way down and I started being like, oh, maybe I should only have sex with people that either I'm in love with or like, I really, really want to have sex with. Right. And then all of a sudden yeah. I didn't have sex for like two months and I was like, <laughs> Huh. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
And how did that go? You were like, oh, this is okay? Or like, oh, no, let's go back to what I was doing before. (laughs) Well, it just got, like, basically, like, when I was dealing with my anxiety, I wasn't drinking as well. And then, like, I started to drink again. And the minute that I drank, I, like, had sex with, like, the first person I was, like, hanging out with. (laughs) (laughs) Drunk that I found attractive. Um, I mean, tipsy sex is so great. It's so fun. And then I and then I kept hooking up with that guy on and off for a year, and he actually was the last person that I hooked up with before this whole quarantine started. Well, he'll still be around probably, you know, after this. Yeah, I'll have to call him. (laughs) Yeah, give him a little you up uh, text. The minute that it's done. (laughs) Yeah. I don't fucking know. I know it's wild. But yeah, I definitely like definitely love to hook up. I definitely don't yeah. have an issue, but I I have been finding that like the Tinder dates I had been going on, I just hadn't been matching with people that I was very interested in. Like, okay, can I tell you a scenario and you tell me if this is like a weird like kind yeah. of unsafe feeling? Yes. So I met up with this guy through Tinder. Okay. He was really charming and I found him like quite attractive and we were having like a pretty normal conversation and then um we were talking about the movie Marriage Story because I think it had just come out or whatever okay and he brought up a scene in it where Scarlett Johansson in the movie after she gets divorced she like has she makes out with a guy and they're about to have sex and he said and she says like oh I don't want to have sex but can you finger me and, like, it's a, not a memorable scene is how I would describe it. It's something that I didn't even remember when he brought it up. And okay. I remember thinking, like, this makes me feel so unsafe. Because even though we are talking about the movie Marriage Story, <laughs> it just felt like such a weird, excuse me, <clears throat> a weird choice. And it also felt so aggressive. To suddenly talk about fingering. <laughs> yeah, to talk about fingering in the movie. It, it was a real non sequitur. And then that was it. And then the rest of the date, I went cold. And then I said, bye. And then I just left. Yeah, that might. Um, yeah, he could have. <laughs> if he wanted to kind of talk about sexy stuff, he, could, he probably could have introduced the, that idea into the conversation a little better. Better, a little, right? With a little like, more nuance. My whole thing is, like, you want to talk about sexy stuff in a date? Compliment me. Yeah. Like, talk about me. And then I'll talk about you. And then it'll flow. But, like, yeah. bringing up a sexually explicit scene from a movie made me feel super unsafe. And I yeah. just had never had that experience before. And then I was kind of like, ugh. No, I hear you. I totally hear you. And depending what, because when people do stuff like that, it's like, basically, it's like you didn't have my consent to start talking about sexy stuff. So you don't know where my head is at, like, when you bring up stuff like that. So if I'm on a first date and, you know, like women have to have their guard up because of That's safety. so right. That's exactly so, what it is. It was a without my consent conversation. Yeah. And it just shows that he is either unaware of what it feels like to be a woman on a first date with a stranger or he doesn't care, you know. So both of those things are bad. <laughs> like <laughs> to not know that that's not necessarily you can bring up with something you can bring up with someone like on a tinder date um just kind of out of nowhere like that shows a lack of understanding to me so So this is a real fyi yeah that that would be a warning bell for me for sure and i'd be like okay later like i do what i had to do to kind of get through the rest of the meal or whatever and then be like okay peace like bye 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But Alessandra, we should be wrapping it up. Are we wrapping up? It's been a little while. I mean, it took us about an hour to figure this out, but I feel like we've been chatting for a little bit. (laughs) But we also got an hour of content, so we managed to do that at the very least. (laughs) That's good. Well, thank you so much. What a weird way to end it on my awkward last Tinder date. (laughs) Guys, don't feel sad for me. I've had lots of good sex. Good, good. I'm glad. Thank you for the reassuring us. I need um, people to know. <laughs> can you tell us uh, again where we can find your pod? And if you want people to like follow you on other social media oh, stuff. Sure, yeah. You can find my pod. You could literally just Google shh dot dot dot. I'm watching a movie. You can look yeah. up, we're on the Sonar Network, but we're on everything. We're on iTunes, Spotify, uh, whatever. I don't know. I don't put that up, but that's what we are. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Alessandra the Vite. I guess you'll just see how my name is spelt. And then on Twitter, I'm at Al A L the Vite. Um, and you know, like to guys who enjoy to slide into my DMs on Instagram, don't. I will always delete it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will never think about. Unless I knew you in a prior world, yeah, it's not going to – that's not the way to do it. It makes me feel unsafe. Totally. Anyways. Totally. Um, but follow okay. me. I'm very funny. I've been told I do good Instagram stories. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, tag you, obviously, and then uh, people can check you out. Please tag me and I'll promote it. Yay. And then, yes, for Bedpost stuff on Instagram, I'm the Bedpost Podcast. Uh, I also have my pro-doming Instagram, which is pim.lady. And then on Twitter, I am at the lady pim one That's my pro-doming uh, Twitter. If you want to email me for something bedpost related, you can do so at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. We have a Patreon. It is the bedpost show. We have a YouTube channel. It is the bedpost sex show. And um, one last huge thank you to the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland, and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. And then oh, my last, big, lastest and biggest thank you to you, Alessandra Vite, for coming on the pod today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time on the Bedpost Podcast. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.